You know, I was very surprised to read that you're from Forest Hills, Kew yeah, Gardens. I live, I live literally across the street from, from wow. Forest Hills High School. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't like going to Forest Hills High School. Why not? Oh, shit. It's a long story. But, you know, that was then. This is now. Let's go. You want some water? Yeah, thank you. But what, what you, d you did start your career in high school for the most part. I mean, didn't you learn... Nothing. Basically. Nothing. Nothing happened in high school. So, so who, 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 it was your mother that started it all, right? She are we taping? Are we? Yeah, we're taping. We're yeah. Um, my mother kept pushing me for piano lessons, yeah. Um, I hated it. Um, I was probably the shortest kid in, um, I was the shortest kid in Forest Hills High School. I couldn't find a girl that I was taller. I was taller. Um, that, that's 3,000 kids, that's a, can give you a complex like that. Um, where did I get, well, we had a little band, uh, a couple well, of friends, and that kind of helped me socially, because when you're short, you know, you don't get to play ball with the kids and having to play, pi practice piano every day when I got home from high school. Um, I hated it. Listen, okay. I gotta tell you, I went out with a guy who was up to here on me, so yeah. short's good. <laughs> well, a lot of my friends are jockeys now, so. <laughs> but at that time, uh, I just, it was real. But I started eating peanut butter in my third year of high school and I started to grow. Peanut butter. I don't know what it was. Is that the secret? But I did start to grow. So music really brought you out of your shell and made you become more popular, I assume. A little bit. Just a little bit at the time. A little bit only. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a little band we could play. Um, you know, maybe a high school dance or something like that. Did you do bar, bar mitzvahs and weddings and things like that as well? Very few. Very few. I want to... Um, Finished second in, in a WOV w Jazz Piano Scholarship Contest and got to study with Joe Bushkin. I lost in a, a playoff to um, a young man named Warren Vaughn, who won 14 lessons with Teddy Wilson. I got 12 lessons with uh, Joe Bushkin. I learned so much from Joe. Nothing about music. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Has your life experience enriched your playing at this point, would you say? Always. No, playing, your writing, your life, that's what it's supposed to do. If you don't learn, if you don't take it in, you don't get it. It's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I imagine that there's always melodies roaming around inside your head. Sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're not supposed to be. When I'm in a work mode, it's very difficult to turn off the jukebox. Oh. Like when I was working on this album with Ronnie, you know, writing the arrangements. And it was really, um, it was uh, hard to sleep at night. You just have to learn to accept it. That's 
part of the cost that goes with this. It's a price tag. Accept it. This is the way it is. Mm-hmm. There was um, a song on here that you didn't want, a few songs perhaps you didn't want Ron to record. Yeah. What was the, what was the reason for that? Well, I didn't want to do raindrops again because, you know, I didn't know how, you know, he's such a soulful singer, Ronnie Isley. The best, the most soulful singer in the world, as I found out. So to take a song like Raindrops, but the minute I heard Ron sing a couple of bars where he might go vocally, I knew I could reinvent this and make a whole new take on it, a whole new song, which I love. And I did nothing that I feel any sacrilege about, any, um, did I step on any of the um, sanctity of these songs? No. But I didn't want to do them the same way that I've done. Raindrops keep falling on my head And just like a guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling And anyway, this is, this is a voice. This is a, an R&B great, great singer. Mm. But the connection was, we did it, we just did the album, top to bottom, right in that order. But people were crying, people were, it was very moving, very moving, because it was our first experience really being on stage and doing this top to bottom. And um, to have it recognized like, you know, what they heard in that theater, they're going to get on the album. Well, I think also the beauty of, of sick is that it can be interpreted so many different ways every time somebody sings. Well, sure it can. But you see, the thing is, the hard thing on the challenge for me was to take arrangements like The Look of Love and Raindrops Keep Falling in and Alfie. Alfie has never had an introduction. Always start a chord, boom. What's it all about? But to take these songs, and uh, kind of reinvent them as an arranger, as an orchestrator, mm-hmm. and give Ron all the room so his soul would shine through. Since you've been in New York, have you come to see The Boy From Oz? Now, you know, I, I've just been in New York like, uh, two nights ago, I guess, one night ago. I don't know, I've been up since four o'clock this morning doing interviews, I don't really know. But would I want to see it? Absolutely. Um, my ex-wife Carol, uh, Carol Bayer Sager, wrote a lot of songs um, with Peter Allen. Um, I was very fond of Peter. I thought Peter has a major, major, major loss, major tragedy when Peter died. Uh, we wrote songs together, Carol, Peter, myself. What do you remember from writing Arthur's theme? What do I remember from writing Arthur's theme? Um, well, I was scoring the movie, and um, so it always, whenever I scored a film, it always was essential for me that the um, you service the movie first. You just didn't go and say, maybe we can get a hit song in here or there. I never thought that way. Everything that I've ever written for movies that were hits 
came off of something. The, um, the look of love came off of Ursula Andress's countenance, body, the way she looked, the way she moved in um, Casino Royale. her over and over and over. You might, your wife must have loved that. She was asleep in the next room. <laughs> Ursula never knew that till a couple of years later I told her she loved hearing the story. But Peter Sellers, you know? I mean, I kept watching Peter Sellers and What's New Pussycat. That theme would have never been born. Um, there was always a rumor going around that Warren Beatty used to say that, what's new Pussycat? Oh, well, it was the title of the film. Right. And he probably did, and that's probably where Charlie Feldman, who produced it, got the idea, because they were great friends. So, whatever Warren said had nothing to do with the song. Before there ever was a lyric, what's new Pussycat, there was this melody, I'm scoring the film. I'm trying to service the film. So I'm trying to service, um, and you just keep looking at Peter Sellers and watch him, and that's how he got that thing. What about Alfie? You know, they're remaking that now. Yeah, I know. What about the inspiration for, for that's for Alfie? Well, Hal wrote the lyric, Hal David wrote the lyric first, because it really had to say what, what this whole idea, what, what life is about. What's it all about, Alfie? Is it just for the moment we live? It's all about when you sort it out, Alfie. Are we meant to take more than we give? What's it all about when you sort it out, Alfie? Are we meant to take more than we give? Or are we meant to be kind? So that was basically a whole lyric that I set to music because it had to proceed whatever I would do musically. Because that's what was necessary. It's one of the greatest lyrics Hal ever wrote, or anybody ever wrote. It's amazing that your music just keeps getting reinvented over the years. And just do you like some of the ways that it's done? Do you sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. But I'm glad it's done, whether I like it or not. I appreciate it. And. Um, I like the reinvention I did or writing these orchestrations on the album with Isley here. I'm proud of it. I think it, I could say it represents the best work I've ever done. That's not about songs. We know the songs are great um, or, or in the repertoire, in the culture. They've been around 25, 30 years. People sing them want to hear them still. So that's a given. I'm now talking about taking these songs and interpreting it in a different way. And that's what I say, that may be the best work I've ever done. How would you describe your feeling when you're in that zone? Feeling when I'm in, in that zone. Making the record can't be anything better than being in the studio. Making, I mean, you can take a good song and have it ruined 
just by um, uh, having it come apart in the studio. Wrong interpretation. That's why I started producing records way back when, here in New York. Started producing records out of self-defense. So no one would ruin it. And if it worked, you know, I took credit for it. And if it didn't work, I took the blame willingly. What, what do you remember from your um, stint working with the Army and performing? Nothing. <laughs> you, you blotted it all out? Yeah. Just playing piano in the officers' club at Governor's Island, New York, and being stationed in Germany. And what a time. Just a time. How do you feel about performing these days for the troops? Is that something that's ever been suggested? No, we has suggested it, no. Um, listen, the last song on the album that we do, I mean, is so pertinent. It's called The Windows of the World. The Windows of the World is a killer. It's a heartbreaking song. We wrote it 31 years ago. The windows of the world are covered with rain. What is the whole world coming to Everybody knows. And the fact that we're in New York, there used to be a restaurant called The Windows of the World. This is just a beautiful lyric that Hal wrote, The Windows of the World are covered with rain. Where is the sunshine? We once knew. Everybody knows. Where little children play, they need a sunny day to grow straight and tall. Let the sun shine through. That is um, just the first verse. Hey, look, we wrote what the world needs now is love. Sometime back. Ever more pertinent than now? Try to reinvent that song a little bit, too. I don't like doing things exactly the same. There's no, no challenge in it for me. Anyway, if it's a good song, if it's got something, you ought to be able to take it a couple of different places. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.